Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, good morning, everybody. 18 degrees, huh? Now that's the good news. The really interesting news. Oh, you figure, hmm. About 18 hours from now, as that clock strikes midnight, and the hawk is out. <laughs> Is it going to be cold out there? But the throngs will be out there enjoying themselves. Imagine that. You know, I've been talking with um, folks at a number of our sister radio stations here in the company. Because I like to travel around on Sunday mornings and visit some of the other stations too. Kind of wacky that way. Everybody's saying the same thing. I can't believe people will be out there in this kind of weather celebrating New Year's Eve. But somebody's going to be out there. Good morning, everybody, and Happy New Year. Well, a little bit early. We can still say it, though. This is Bob Soldier. This is our final show in uh, 2017. Now, ironically enough, Think about this on my way here today. The very first show that we did in 2017 was actually on New Year's Day. So it's kind of coming full circle. And in a way, that's a perfect introduction to the guest who is joining us and the topic that we're going to explore on our program today. It's one we have explored many times previously, any time that we do there is usually a very interesting response because the topic, in a broad sense, is compulsive gambling. Now, hang on, hang on. Some of you may be going, oh, I don't know. I don't, it's not an issue for me. We have explored this topic over the years a number of times with the guest who is joining us, Arnie Wexler is the former co-founder, former executive director of the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey. Uh, he and his wife, Sheila, are involved in uh, running a hotline that we'll be talking about in the course of our discussion today. They've also been involved, along with Steve Jacobson, in putting together an interesting publication, Gambling Addiction, and how to recover from it. All bets are off. Arnie, good morning. Welcome to our program. It's a wonderful thing to be with you again. You're unbelievable, and I thank you. 
Well, a lot of people have said I'm unbelievable. Sometimes that's not, not necessarily in the best. And a happy fashion. new year to you and yours. The same to you as well. All right. A lot of people have heard our discussions over the years. The very first one we had was four weeks into this show, back in 1994. Wow. I had no idea. In that program, in the course of two hours... We took 22 phone calls from people listening to us. They covered a variety of different areas. And that show and the many shows that we have done over the years with you, um, with Ed Looney when he was alive, and others on this topic, always get an amazing response because there's a lot of people in recovery who listen to WFAN, first of all, and a lot of people who follow along with this show. How big an issue is problem gambling as we end 2017, start 2018, and where are we seeing the most area of concern right now? Well, a couple of things. First of all, I could tell you that there have been many people over the years that we did the show that contacted me after, and some of them I'm still in touch with, and they're still in recovery because of what you did with your shows. That's one. Second of all, if you listen to the American Gaming Association and the casino industry, they'll tell you this number is less than 1%. I could tell you that in 1998, the Ameri- the uh, there was a uh, federal study on compulsive gambling. And the guy that ran the study, who who was the chairperson, said that at the point of gambling, in other words, they took surveys at the racetrack, at lottery windows, at casinos, the number is 33%. I'm not sure the number generally in general population is that big, but we don't really know what the real number is. But there are many people called over the years hotlines for help for compulsive gambling. When you started the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, what was what was the public reaction like at that time? Well, originally I was one of the founders of National Council in 1970, along with Monsignor Dunn and 12 other people. There are only two of us still around today, myself and a friend of mine, Joe, who's been gambling for the last 38 years. He was clean 10 years, and he was an incredible human being. We're the only two people still alive, thank God, from the original National Council board. And then we started the New Jersey Council because Chuck Hardwick, the assemblyman in New Jersey, decided that we should have a New Jersey Council. Well, he put $80,000 into the budget, and the governor was Governor Byrne. And they had just started casinos in 1978, and this was 1981, I believe, 80 or 81. And would you believe they couldn't get the bill to move for the $80,000 to start the Council on Gambling because they had just started casinos a few years before and nobody wanted to make any waves. Mm-hmm. So it was horrendous to get that thing started. It took them four years of fighting in the legislature to get the money passed for the 80000 to open up the New Jersey Council on Gambling. And when you opened the Council, 
what response, what feedback did you get? <laughs> we started to we started to get calls because we had a little publicity about the number we had then. Mm-hmm. And then I tried to convince the casinos. The casinos wanted to have 24-hour gambling. And I said, if you want 24-hour gambling, we should post our number in all ads and all casinos. And that number at that point was 800 Gambler. And then the fight really occurred because the casino industry was livid that they wanted to put a number like that up. And it took about a year of fighting. Finally, they acquiesced to believe that if they could get the number up, they would get 24-hour gambling. And that's what did happen. So that's once the number got up, the phone started going crazy because people saw it in the casinos and in the casino ads. And there's lots of people in 12-step programs since then, I think it was 1985 maybe, that got into help because of the number being posted. Now the number's posted in lotteries and casinos all over America. That number and other numbers like 888-LAST-BET. Now the 888-LAST-BET number, would you explain exactly what that does? Well, at this point... We were working for a treatment center, and we lent them the number. And it's in the process of coming back to us, so it'll probably be another week or two that that will happen. But if they call the 888-LAST-BET number and they need help and say you want to speak to Arnie, they'll give you my phone number. But they could also get my website. You can get me on YouTube. You can get me on Google. It's uh, just punch in Arnie Wexler, A-R-N-I-E-W-E-X-L-E-R, and you'll be able to reach me. You know, I'm listening to you and thinking how things have changed in that period of time since we first talked. You think of the impact of social media, how the Internet has exploded. What's been the impact of that on the growth of problem gambling? Well, it's been tremendous, to be honest with you, and it's a shame that it's happened like that. When you look at, uh, take an example of New York State. New York State, Draftkins wanted to come into New York, and the Attorney General uh, Schneiderman said, I believe that's his name, said, no way we're allowing Draftkings to come in, which is internet gambling and uh, uh, FanDuel. They weren't going to allow them to come into New York. So they went along with a big fight, and they blocked them from coming into New York. And all of a sudden, they work out a deal where the state of New York is getting 14.5%, and all of a sudden, they make it legal, and it's put in. So the people in New York are able to bet on the Internet as long as the state gets a piece of the action. It's a crime. Well, when you get right down to it, isn't that really the bottom line, no pun intended? Is that yeah, if the, if the 100%. State... You know, the same thing with the lottery. you got a lottery game, which is nothing more than a shell game. And every, I don't know, I think 38 states today are running lottery. And all they're doing is stealing the money from the citizens' pockets. Hmm. It's an interesting discussion when we say that term. You know, let me go back again, Bob, to the Internet gambling stuff. I sat at a meeting in uh, in New Jersey this summer, a 12-step program meeting, and four young kids came in. They were between the ages of 17, 16 and 21, 
and they were all internet gamblers. Now illegal to bet internet gambling in New Jersey, and these four kids were destroying themselves gambling on internet gambling. You know, the federal law in 1992, I believe, made internet gambling illegal, mm-hmm. and the only thing that they let go in there was some somehow they got into the bill an exemption for FanDuel and, uh, you know, fantasy gambling stuff. I don't know how that happened. Nobody seems to know. I mean, somebody knows, but nobody's talking how that Mm -hmm. happened. And now they made Internet gambling uh, live and available in New Jersey. I could tell you the first case that I got a call from. A lady had lost $10,000 the first week on Internet gambling when Internet gambling opened in New Jersey. And she told her husband when he saw the 10000 disappear from the account, he called the state police and the FBI and said, somebody hacked my wife's account and sold $10,000. Well, when the investigation was put in, in place, it, they found out that the wife lost the $10,000. And that was the first case I ever got on Internet gambling in New Jersey right, on a gonna- hotline call. Arnie, we're going to talk more on that. We'll take a pause in our discussion with you. We're talking with Arnie Wexler on our program. You want to join us, 877-337-6666 is our number, or just go on to the Facebook page for radio legend Bob Soldier. Radio.com. Arnie Wexler is talking with us on our program. We're talking about the topic of compulsive gambling. As I mentioned earlier in our discussion, Arnie, his wife Sheila, and Steve Jacobson have put together the book Gambling Addiction and How to Recover from It. All bets are off. We'll talk about the book a little bit in the course of this discussion. I also want to work in thoughts from folks listening to us. 877-337-6666 is our number, or you can jump on the Facebook page. And uh, share your thoughts. Uh, let's go first via the phone to Ralph in Cliffside Park, New Jersey. Ralph, thanks for calling. Good morning. Welcome yeah. to the fan. Yeah, how's it going? I'm uh, doing well. Uh, I know a lot of kids that I've uh, been involved in internet. My son started when he was at Florida State, and he got really hooked at it. He did the computer thing overseas. They were winning a lot, and then he realized that this ain't happening. Because um, one of his friends was in a, I don't know if you heard uh uh, suicide by cop. He owed like twenty grand, and he did one of those suicide by cop things, and woke them a little up, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I've seen a lot of it. I used to gamble, but mostly you know off track gambling. But these young kids involved, it's unbelievable. They're over the head. Oh, I think it's easy money, but it's scary how they've uh, gotten and they get caught in the op- opioids and doing things, and if all of a sudden they're they're down 20000 And they're like, can you help me? I said, I'm a retired coach. I can't help you, but I can talk to you. And it's just a big, big, big problem. I'm glad you're talking about it today. Well, thank Thanks, you. Ralph. You know, uh, we get those calls all the time, parents, the, the kids that have a gambling addiction, and it starts so early. And it's amazing because on Internet gambling, they say you can't gamble under a certain age, and all these kids are getting in there using their father's credit cards and all kinds of stuff like that. Mm. And it's amazing the way in which this has literally exploded. Uh, we'll stay on the phones, 877-337-6666 is our number here at The Fan. Uh, next to Mark in uh, Blauvelt, New York. Mark, good morning. Welcome to The Fan. Hey, good morning, Bob. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. And yourself? I'm doing all right. Doing a little snow plowing or salting at least right ah, now. Ah, there you go. Making a few bucks, trying to. Why not? 
Yeah, that was pretty heavy, though, with this whole gambling thing. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about the Knicks, but I mean, <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't even know where to go after that whole conversation. But uh, what do you think of Porzingis going forward? Like, where do you see him ending, ending up? Not really sure, like, to be very honest he's with you. The top player in the NBA at one, time, at one point? I'm, I'm not really sure. I'll be very honest with you, Mark, but we're taking calls on the topic of uh, problem gambling or compulsive gambling. Listen, you know, it's very interesting that he did that because one day, one day, maybe I'll just take on that challenge and talk sports on this station because well, you know I, got, I got an area to go into that will interest a whole lot of people and might surprise some of the folks listening to us as well. Bob, let me tell you about the NBA. Mm-hmm. In 1999, I get a call from Horace Balmer, who at that time was security for the NBA. And he says, fly to, I'm in Florida, and he says, fly to New York, and he buys me a ticket. And I sit four hours with him, and he tells me about the player's gambling problem and everything that's going on in the NBA. And he hires me. No, then he says, bring your wife in. And she flies up on a Thursday. I was up there on a Monday. And we have another three-hour meeting. And they make a handshake deal, and they hire us to speak to every NBA team and give out a questionnaire to every NBA player. And two weeks later, I get a call from Salter, and he says, Harold, uh, Howard Stern, uh, David Stern doesn't want to do it. He's afraid the media would find out. And I still have those questionnaires in, actually, they're in my book now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. All right, back to the phones we go. We'll stay in the state of New Jersey and go to Rick, who's calling from Hopatcong. Rick, good morning. Welcome to the fan. Hi, good morning. How are you? Very well, thank you. And yourself? I'm fine, thank you. Um, I just want to say um, I'm in my mid-50s. Um, I go to Vegas a couple times a year. Uh, I play 888 online poker. I play DraftKings. I have a 21-year-old son. Um, he went to Vegas for the first time. He plays 888 poker. He plays DraftKings. He has tons of friends. Nobody that I know at all has any issue or problem with this at all. Um, I would say that the vast majority of people, probably somewhere in the high 90%, do these things, internet gambling, without any issue at all. And I just don't think that it's fair that a few people um, who do have problems, and I'm not going to deny that there's problems, you know, there's cops, just because a cop shoots someone, all cops are bad. Just because players stand on, on the NFL protests, all NFL players are bad. Yes, there are people that abuse it, but it's like anything else, abuse cigarettes, alcohol, food, whatever you want to say. And I just don't think that it's fair that a whole industry could be condemned or say that it shouldn't be because of these few people that do have issues and problems. It's like anything in life. People will have problems with anything. And I enjoy playing 888 poker. I enjoy DraftKings. My son does. It's, it's a bonding thing for us. We watch the games. It makes it more interesting. And I don't know any other person of my son's age that has problems with this at all. Well, Rick, you said 90% of the people can do it, so 10% can't. 10% of Americans are probably about $25 million people. So you're, you're making the number even bigger than I ever thought it would be. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I said in the high 90s. And, no, that's, I, that's fine. I understand that there's a problem. 
I just don't think that because of whatever percent it is, if you want to put 10%, you want to put 1%, you want to put half a percent, I just don't think whatever the number is, that just because of that, then we shouldn't have it. Well, I'm not a prohibitionist, and I'm not saying we shouldn't have it. I'm saying we should have responsible stuff where people that have the addiction should be able to get help. Oh, yeah, you know, I, I totally agree. It just, I don't know, I was just kind of get maybe not necessarily from you, but I get the vibe because, you know, it's gambling, then, then we shouldn't have it at all. And I applaud you, know, you for Rick, the work this you is, do, Rick, Rick, this is a hidden illness, and you say all your friend, all your kids' friends are involved with it. I guarantee some of them have the problem, and eventually you find out because it's going to come out. There's no track marks. There's no dilated pupils. There's no smell. Wait until you see some of those parents of those kids that get addicted. What's going to go on? Okay. All right. Um, I don't know anybody like that, but thank you. All right. Thank you for your call. Thank you for your points that you've made. They are noted well. And listen, there are people who agree with the viewpoint that Rick made. Uh, he also is respective of the work that you do um, and have done over the years. Yes, yeah, no uh, problem. Field. And as you've said, and I've said before in this program, we're not talking about prohibition uh, here. Uh, in the course of the discussion, we're trying to have an active discussion um, in this program. Um, one of the things that does come up in discussions like this, the topic of problem gambling or compulsive gambling and exactly who the problem gambler is. And maybe this is a good point to tackle that. Usually we do this. Absolutely. There are some people that can gamble and they'll never get in trouble. They'll never have addiction. They'll never have a problem. They're going to gamble. They're going to walk away. I remember going with a state senator to Atlantic City when he was doing research, when we were doing the study uh, for compulsive gambling in New Jersey. And he took out $10 worth of quarters. He played about $5 worth, put the rest in his pocket, and walked away. It blew me away because I was never able to do that, and the addicted gambler can't do that. But some people can. So you're right. It's not really a problem for everybody, but some people get addicted. Look, I've dealt with NFL players that called me for help, National Hockey League players that call me for help. I'm dealing right now with a, an ex-MBA guy that, that's looking for help. So it, it's all walks of society. I've had radio guys and TV guys come to me for help. Uh, I had state senators come to me for help. I've dealt with people from all walks of life and from all uh, economic walks of life. We, we had a guy that walked into our meeting, a 12-step program, about six months ago. And the guy said, I owned a huge company. I sold it for $14 million cash. I lost everything in two years. And we said to him, give us your phone number so we can be in contact with you. He said, my phone is in the pawn shop. Mm. That says a lot right there, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Very interesting. You know, and then I get a call from a woman one time, and she says, we're married 30 years. My husband's a compulsive gambler. I said, well, if you're married 30 years, why are you calling now? She says, I never knew he gambled. She said, and all of a sudden, he embezzled $600,000 from an insurance company he worked for, and he's on his way to jail. And it can be that hidden and invisible. 
Arnie Wexler is our guest on our program on The Fan this Sunday morning. He'll be with us for our entire show. We roll until 7.30 on this New Year's Eve morning. We'll go back to the phones. 877-337-6666 is our phone number here at The Fan. Next up is Phil in Brooklyn. Phil, good morning. Welcome to The Fan. Good morning. How's everything? Good morning, Arnie. Good morning, Phil. How are you? Um, yeah, I went through I went through the steps when I was younger. I'm 50 now, so I want to say probably in... Maybe 1985, I went to my first meeting, and uh, I I used to gamble on the ponies, football, you know, whatever it was, where I can get my hands on. And I remember hearing a story from a guy uh, in the meeting who said, uh, you know, I used to have an apartment on Fifth Avenue, and I and I said, oh look at this guy, Fifth Avenue, this guy's rich. He says, now I don't have enough money to buy cheese for my mouse traps. Mm. And it wasn't until then that I said, oh my God, like this, this, like I have a problem. And I went through the steps, and I said, now, if I'm getting an oil change, I'll buy, like, a $2 scratch-off or something. I've never, I don't think it's something that could ever be 100% cured, no matter how much you go through it, no matter how much you work it, and you have, you have to just fight through it. But it, it saved me. I mean, you know, I, I, I support everything you do, and it's a problem, and all the Internet gambling, and down in the Caribbean, they just make it so accessible and so easy for kids that I think until they start buttoning up that end of it, I don't think uh, I don't know how this is ever going to stop. But when it is such big, well, I can't see it stopping. I can't see it stopping because the states are sucking money from the gambling stuff, and some compulsive gamblers are supporting that stuff because states making money from it. And that's the problem. Why are they going to stop it? Well, that's the problem. Everyone gets their little cut, and they just keep pushing it along. And it's the innocent families, you know. I I have a lady I have a lady that's been calling me I have a lady that's been calling me for the last four weeks. She still has a cell phone, but she's living in her car right here in Florida because she lost her apartment. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, I've heard a lot, way too many stories like that. It's heartbreaking. It really isn't. It's just. You know, people always compare it to alcohol and drugs, and you say, "Oh, well, you know, there's something you can do." It's a whole different animal. Different alcohol well, you, you know, you talk about that, Phil. Let me tell you a story. I know many people that are in AA a lot of years. One specific case will really bring it home. A lady, 53 years in AA, she, was, she came to a 12-step program for gambling when she was 47 years in AA. It took her four years in the 12-step program for gambling to stop gambling. She's now clean Four years with oh, gambling and yeah. 53 years with alcohol. Phil, thank you oh. for your call this morning. we got to run here. Uh, Arnie, thank we're going to take a pause in the course of uh, our discussion this morning. 877-337-6666 is our number if you want to join us in our discussion with Arnie Wexler here on The Fan. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. We're in discussion with Arnie Wexler on our program on The Fan this Sunday morning, talking with him about this topic of problem gambling or compulsive gambling. Arnie, his wife, Sheila, and Steve Jacobson put together the book Gambling Addiction and How to Recover from It. All bets are off. And we're talking with uh, Arnie, taking some of your uh, calls, comments on uh, Facebook as well. Uh, let's go back to the phone. Let's see. Noel has been waiting forever on the phone. Noel, good morning. Thanks for being patient on the phone. Welcome to the fan. Well, how are you doing, my friend? I'm well, thank you. And yourself? 
Not too bad, thank you. Uh, first of all, I, I, I'd just like to start off by saying that, you know, in certain topics that you discuss on the radio, I don't think it's a, um, you know, I think the reason a lot more people aren't calling in is because when you announce who they are and where they're from, is, uh, you know, it's just, you know, you don't know who's listening out there. But I've had a major problem for a long time. Um, I had um, one casino in particular I used to go to a lot. And I went to the pit bosses or whatever one night, and I asked to be um, uh, banned from the casino, you know. And so they turned around and they told me that I would have to fill out this paperwork and that if I ever entered the casino anywhere ever again, that I had the potential to be locked up. And so I didn't fill out the paperwork because I was afraid that someday, you know, my wife might want to go to a casino, you know, just to hang out or do whatever, or for whatever reason. And it made me so scared that I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And it never eased up after that. I stayed going to the same place, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't think that they helped in any way at all for to curtail this. I get what that gentleman was talking about, that everybody has. But I don't think he understands what, what becomes a problem to some people is a, is a very severe problem where, you know, you create your own Ponzi, Ponzi schemes in effect to hide money here, to pay this here. I mean, I dealt with loan sharks where, you know, I was paying a $600 a week big and a $15,000 loan just to um, to counteract what I had, had done, you know. Nice to get through it, but then went back to stage one again, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I just, uh, it is a horrible thing and anybody else that's out there, it's not, a, it's not a good place to ever be in, you know. Understand. And to your very first point, let me just say this. Um, I'll say this to you and to anybody listening who feels the same way that you expressed. Um, you can always be anonymous in uh, calling uh, to this radio station, to this show especially. So that's something you don't have to worry about. I'm going to let uh, Arnie respond to you on air. Thank you very much for being patient on the phone as well, too, this morning and your time. All right. Billy didn't hear. I didn't really hear him too well, so... What is he asking, please? Uh, he seemed to be asking a question that surrounded... Uh, I had a little difficulty hearing exactly what he was uh, saying, too. But it seemed to be uh, surrounding part of the kind of the approach that is taken. And uh, I kind of got confused as to exactly where he was going. I was hoping you might have picked up on that a little bit more than No, I, I did, didn't hear him clearly of, at part all. Part of the problem was his connection. Uh, too, unfortunately. I heard him so. say something about, you know, I heard what you said to him about uh, having, you know, being able to call. That's one of the real problems, too, with compulsive gambling. It, you do such a disaster and you do illegal stuff and you end up at the end of the rope here where you're doing illegal stuff and bad things and hurting family members and stuff. And people are afraid to come forward and talk about it. And that's one of the real problems with compulsive gambling. With alcohol, you see it, you smell it. With drug addiction, you, you see the track marks, you see the people falling down. The compulsive gambler don't pass out and fall down. They take $100, they lose $100, they go to the ATM machine, they lose that money, they go to the to the cage and get more money, and it just goes on and on and on, and families don't know about it until there's real destruction going on. So it's a hidden illness, and people are embarrassed and ashamed to come forward with it. I mean, like I said, I've dealt with football players, I've dealt with big executives and companies, 
They're scared hell that the public should find out about them because they're bad guys. I've dealt with presidents of banks, and it's really a big issue of not being able to talk about it because they're afraid that they're going to be ostracized on their job or with friends or family or whatever. Hmm. All right, back to the phone. We go to John in Rutherford, New Jersey, who's been holding for a while. John, good morning. Thanks for holding. Welcome to the fan. Good morning. Uh, I agree with what you guys are saying um, with the, it, with respect to the gambling. Uh, I've been surrounded by dear friends and uncles, and uh, it has absolutely destroyed lives. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, the only way you could bet on football or baseball was through a bookmaker. And most of my friends and family never had the money to play. They would, uh, to pay the money. They, they never had the money to pay up if they were to lose. And right off the bat, um, uh, they're behind the eight ball. Like they, it was always about taking a shot, like, uh, and getting ahead. And, uh, it has absolutely destroyed lives close to me and continues to, to do so. Um, I don't know what's worse. Uh, putting your money in, uh, you know, the credit card and betting overseas or betting with a bookmaker. Uh, I don't know how you can get destroyed quicker. Um, I guess with a bookmaker, because with a credit card, at least you can only max out so much. Uh, with a bookmaker, they'll let you go. They just want want you, you know, there's, they own you. Once you start losing, they own you. They don't leave you alone. and tell you make John, you're making a good point, but here's the real difference. You could be in your birthday suit on your computer, and you could be losing your life. And we get people that are doing that because they don't need to put gasoline in their car. They don't need to drive to a racetrack or a casino. They don't need to have a telephone to pick up to go to a bookmaker. All they got to do is open up the computer, and they can be in their birthday suit doing that. Right, so, I understand. When you put and it in the house, it's a whole different ball game than you have to travel right. to it. One other quick point: if they ever put, which I I believe they're going to do, but if they ever put gambling in the racetrack in the Meadowlands, the people that are on the fringe that don't want to drive two hours and ten minutes to AC or an hour and a half to uh, Bethlehem or to Mount Airy Lodge. They are going to be destroyed. This this casino that they're looking to put at the Meadowlands racetrack is going to destroy the people that are on the fringe. Like that could give it, you know, uh, that that really wouldn't go drive two and a half hours to AC. But when you could drive 15, 20 minutes and you can get that type of action for the fringe gambler, it's going to murder them. And for the well, people John, that are already... The other, the other end of this is also, too, you know, you pick up the phone, you call a bookmaker, so some people won't do that because they feel that's an illegal act. Now New right. Jersey wants to put sports betting in. It's in the Supreme Court. If you put sports betting in, you're going to get people that never, ever gambled before because they thought it was illegal to bet with a bookmaker, right. and now they're going to be gambling legally in the state where they live. Then right. you're going to see right. problems explode also. John, oh, thank, you for, thank you for your Thanks call. Thank you very much. All right, and your comment. Thank you. Have a good day. Happy New Year. Thank you. Next up in uh, the queue here on the phone is James in Long Island, who's been holding for a while. James, good morning. Welcome to the fan. Hi, good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Got a uh, 
I've been listening to a few of the points here uh, so far, and I myself, being the way that I am, I just wanted to express to others who uh, there was a gentleman before who called and mentioned that uh, he didn't know anyone who actually had some type of addiction, a gambling addiction or whatnot. Uh, they're my, just going by my own experience. I myself am addicted to many, you know, many different things. If I, if actually, to be honest with you, if my family wasn't around. I probably would be in a really bad spot. But um, there's people out there that just, they get addicted to something, and it literally, for gambling, as far as it is me, it, it takes a split second of just not even worrying about anything. You're just in the moment, and you do it. And there were times whenever my wife had to go to my next-door neighbor and borrow money just to pay rent because uh, my whole paycheck would have been spent before I even got it. So, you know, there's... And people at my job wouldn't even have a clue if they looked at me or spoke with me that do you have any kind of problems with alcohol or gambling or anything like that. So there's all kinds of people in the world. I just wanted to bring that point up. Fair point. Thank you very much for your call and your comment this morning. Arnie, you want to respond? Or actually, I guess he sort of stated, stated just made a, a statement. By the way, um, you know, there's all kinds of people who are listening to our discussion. Some people may be literally on the way to meetings this morning. Somebody had called off the air to mention the fact that there's a, meet, a GA meeting, I think, on Long Island, uh, literally uh, taking place uh, this morning. So it's probably people listening to our discussion who have, they themselves are on their way to that meeting. Uh, 877-337-6666 is our phone number here at The Fan. Michael in Bronxville is up next. Michael, thanks for holding on. Welcome to The Fan. Hi, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. It's a compulsive disorder. When I was 19, I became a heroin addict. So I changed my environment. I moved to California. I became very successful. In the 90s, I was making 300000 a year. Then I invested 150000 in the stock market. I ended up with $40 million. I was playing way out of the money future contracts. I lost... Probably 90% of that. And what I see going on now is total instant gratification with the Internet legalizing marijuana, with the gambling, and the politicians should be held accountable because they'll do anything for money. They don't care because their states are... So underwater, it's unbelievable. Prostitution will be next and whatever you could think about. Now, go back to when a kid was smoking pot in the 60s. Well, number one, the parents never knew about it, so they never knew about a problem. How many of those kids went on to LSD, heroin, and coke? It's, uh, it's absolutely unbelievable what the politicians are passing just for revenue. Thank you. All right. Thank you for your call. Arnie, care to respond? He's right on target. Okay. Next up on the phones is David in Ringwood, New Jersey. David, good morning. Welcome to the fan. Thanks for holding on. Good morning. I was just uh, on the same thing about that. You know, the problem is they talked about the lottery, what the lottery was going to do to the state of New Jersey, and they ended up having to privatize it because it wasn't even profitable. You know, no one goes into a bookie and bets $10,000 the first time. It starts very small. It starts with a $2 scratch-off. 
Same thing with drugs. You know, our new governor is thinking about wanting to legalize marijuana. You know, no one goes and shoots up heroin for the very first time and becomes a drug addict. They start something small with marijuana. I mean, you know, what, what, what's next? Why don't the government just put guns in our hands and let us put the guns to our heads and shoot ourselves? Because you know what? It's all about the money. And, you know, Atlantic City is a dump. It was never, ever turned into what it was supposed to be. We've been sold this Pollyanna you know, nonsense about what uh, lottery was going to do to education and to senior citizens and things like that. And it's a bunch of nonsense. You know, the thing about it is what they're selling is they're selling, uh, they're selling fear and consumption. And the bottom line is this. You know what? The, the guy before me was right. The government's all about money. They've got to figure out better ways to generate a revenue than, than allowing to legalize dangerous, uh, you know, dangerous things like gambling as well as drugs. Thank you very much. Thank you for your call this morning and your patience on the phone. Care to respond? Well, I love the word that he used at the end here, dangerous, because that's really what it is. We're doing dangerous stuff. You know, I'm still thinking about the young man that called up and said, I have all, I'm on to stuff and all my kids are on to it and all their friends are on to it and nobody has a problem. Well, the guy's going to find out somewhere down the line it's a real explosion. Some kid is going to destroy their life, and some parents are going to be seeking help. So the good part is they now know where the help is available, and I hope some of those people will get help when they need it. Well, let's talk about that idea of help and recovery. What's the road to recovery like? It's not easy. Most people come for help the first time. And then they disappear, and you don't see them again. Or they come a few times and they disappear. But I'm waiting for the... I'm in recovery over 49 years. My last bet was April 10th, 1968. I'm still waiting for that first person that I see walk in and then leave and come back and tell me their life is wonderful and everything's terrific. Never once have I seen... I've seen hundreds, maybe thousands of people come back. Nobody ever comes back in better shape. And that's really, you know, it's a brain addiction. There's something different with the brain of a compulsive gambler and that's different than normal people that can gamble. And just like I'm sure that there are some normal people that can drink and it's not be a problem and others get addicted and it's because of the genes in the brain. Actually, I, I am not a researcher, but I saw something about a G2 gene receptor in compulsive gambling. Mm. That's defective. What about relapse and the incidence of that when we talk about problem or compulsive gamblers? There's a lot of relapse, too, that happens. I have a friend of mine that was clean for 38 years and is attending a 12-step program. And he called me one day about five, six years ago, and he said, I'm going to the Final Four and I want to place a couple of bets on it. We had a big discussion about it. And since then, and I got emails from him, hundreds of emails since then. And the last one I got said something like this. I lost my three houses. I lost my three cars I had. I borrowed $10,000 from my son to play in a poker tournament and lost it in the first round. And he was basically living in a rental apartment and having struggles trying to pay the rent. And I said, you know, maybe it's time you come back and get some help. He said, I don't think I'm ever going to do that. Mm. And the man is in his 70s. Wow. And he was clean 38 years. Wow. That's a long time. I mean, well, I also have a friend of mine that 
was clean 10 years and saved my life. He was the person that saved my life. And I still speak to him every couple of weeks. In fact, last week I spoke to him. And he's been out there now 38, 39 years gambling and can't stop. And he's lost everything. He's went through three wives. And he's basically living on $25 a week allowance that his wife gives him. And he goes to the bowling alley and bets in the bowling alley with other bowlers. Amazing. Arnie Wexler is talking with us on our program on The Fan this Sunday morning. Hey, Happy New Year, everybody. After our 8 o'clock update, Rick Wolf is along with the Sports Edge program. Football Sunday happens on The Fan after our 9 o'clock update. I love that program. At 7.30 this morning, it is the NFL preview that happens. And by the way, next Sunday morning, we have a big surprise for you starting at 6 o'clock. Not going to say anything more than that. Here's a hint. Year 24 of this show starts then. That's all I'm saying about this at this time. Uh, in terms of folks who want to join the conversation with Arnie Wexler, let's go over to the uh, Facebook page. Jerry from uh, Brooklyn uh, had written in this morning. Let's see here if I can read this from the screen. Uh, says, good morning, Bob. Could you ask your guest, let me move the microphone a little closer here uh, to the screen, uh, it says, has the strategy for recovery, if it has changed over the years with the advancement of technology, has that been the case? Not really. You know, the ball game for recovery for gambling is go to a 12-step program like Gamblers Anonymous and get yourself a sponsor. And it's a tough addiction. You know, most people that are recovering alcoholics have a difficult, more difficult time recovering from gambling than from drugs or alcohol, to be honest with you. So the ball game still works the same way. You go to a 12-step program, you hear what you hear, and it helps you remember how you were the first day that you seeked help for yourself. The book, Gambling Addiction and How to Recover from It, All Bets Are Off, you put this together along with your wife, Sheila, and Steve Jacobson. Tell us a little bit about the book before we get back to the folks on the phone. Well, it's interesting. For 35 years, I tried to do a book, and I couldn't get a publisher that would want to do the book. And I was out in San Diego talking at a conference, and a guy heard me speak, and he ended up having a lunch with me. And he said, uh, I'm a publisher. I'd like to do the book. Well, that was the most amazing thing that ever happened. They're in the third printing with the book today called All Bets Are Off. And Steve Jacobson wrote it. He's an amazing writer. And you probably know Steve. He used to cover the the Mets and the Yankees Mm -hmm. for Newsday. Yes. Well, Steve is a terrific, wonderful guy. I love the guy. But bottom line is we're getting emails and calls from all over the world. I got a call a few months ago from South Africa, uh, actually an email lady writes that she's going to kill herself, and she's in the Air Force. She's a major in the Air Force in South Africa. I said, I know somebody in South Africa. Maybe I can hook you up without even thinking. It's like I know somebody in America. Turns out that the guy lived 20 miles from her and took her to a a Gambler's Anonymous meeting in Pretoria, South Africa. Mm -hmm. 
and I've gotten many many emails and calls like that and letters uh, from people who have read the book. I had a, an Asian gentleman that killed two people when he was 19 years old in California. He got into the house, and the people walked in the house, and he killed the two people. And he's been in jail. He's 47 years old now. He's been in jail for, I don't know, 30 years. And his lawyer gave him the book, and he read it, and he's been in contact with me. So there's a lot of great things that have happened from the book, and it's wonderful to have that happen. Gambling addiction um, and how to recover from it, all bets are off. Arnie Wexler is talking with us on our program on the fan this morning. Back to the phones, 877-337-6666, if you want to join us in our discussion. Let's go to Joe in Connecticut, who's been holding for a while. Joe, good morning. Welcome to the fan. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Yourself? I'm doing well, thank you. You know, I always listen Sunday mornings, and I chime in every once in a while. Good. And, uh, I'm actually on my way to an AA meeting. I go every morning just about 7 or 7.30, depending on the day. And I wanted to say I really, uh, you know, enjoyed the program. And, you know, I am 30 years old. I got sober at 24. And, you know... Things like that book and, and 12 step meetings, they really, they really do work, you know. But, you know, when I got sober, I said, okay, I'm going to put down the drugs and alcohol. But then I started gambling. I started sleeping with women, doing this, doing that. And it's like, you know, you have to deal with the underlying problems, you know. So I like a lot what he's saying. I had a nice car. I had a house. I had a job. But once you stop putting in the work, if you don't deal with the issues, it was like a house of cards and it all fell apart. And, you know, I almost didn't make it back. And I've been sober coming up on two years after going back out almost two years. You know, so there is hope for people. And you know what? I never thought meetings would help and all that stuff. And if you know anybody that knows me, I was at the bottom of the barrel. I was the worst of the worst. And today my life is great. I'm looking at houses. I got a family. I'm getting married. So there is hope out there, just so you know. And you could walk. I I love you. Joe, I love your story. Happy New Year to you, and keep staying in recovery. And it's people like you that stick your hand out to help other people that save lives. Thank you. Thank you. God for bless. Your, thank you for your call this morning, uh, Joe, and certainly Happy New Year to you. So that's, that's what recovery is about. Exactly. Owen in New Jersey is up next. Owen, good morning. Thanks for holding on. Welcome to the fan. Hey, good morning. I'm actually a friend of Arnie. He's, he helped me out in a, he's got me in recovery. He helped me get some help this time around my gambling problem. Um, Owen, but, it's so great to speak to you. I appreciate it. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Arnie. Great to, great to Owen be here. Owen called me a couple of years ago looking for help, and we got him down to a treatment center, and he's been in recovery since. And he's doing great work and sticking his hand out to help people. Go ahead, Owen. It's yours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it starts when you're young. Um, I'd say at least more than half of the people in the program started when they were very young, if not a way higher percentage than that. When I, I grew up in a Catholic schools and I was taught just say no back in the 80s, um, in early 90s, late 80s, and I never touched a drug in my life, never even smoked marijuana. But the addiction, gambling was not taken seriously at all. I don't have a drinking problem. I don't have a drug problem. But gambling took over my life when I was young. Um, I used to work my paper out for 14 hours a week, and I'd go back to the same church that told me not to do drugs, and the priest would let me play on the uh, the dice wheels at the age of 10 years old, and I would sit there and lose my whole everything I made in the whole paper out in two hours and get that 
gut feeling in my stomach, sick to my stomach. Okay, it wasn't taught to us that was wrong. Um, you know, I started gambling at the OTBs when I was 10 years old by myself. I used to, once they had the machines going, I didn't have to go to the window, and they let me use the machines to bet. You know, there's not enough security at the tracks watching the windows that the parents who don't even know they're doing wrong are bringing the kids up to the windows and letting them make bets. You know, if there's one message I'll give the grandparents and the uh, and the parents out there, they let the kids scratch the scratch-off tickets at eight years old. I won't let my, my mother scratch tickets with my kids because I know down the road they don't even realize they could be hurt. They, they could turn them into compulsive gamblers just with that little scratch and now a couple times a year. And when they're 18 with their own money, they could be off and running and ruin their lives. You know, there's not enough done to keep kids safe from gambling when they're younger. And now with the Internet's in the house and stuff, you could have the kids playing poker at, at in your own account as you're a little kid. It's got to be more more done in the schools, I think, to uh, teach these kids how dangerous the gambling is, you know. Um, but um, I know uh, people like Arnie are out there to help people, and, uh, you know, it's, it's going to get busier. <laughs> it's going to get busier the, the way the Internet is and the access the kids have to gambling in the house. But um, thanks for letting me share and you. Have a happy New Year, Arnie. I'll see you down the road. Have a good New Year. Thank oh, and you. thank you for everything you're doing to help other people, too. And that's what keeps people in recovery. Thank you. Thank you. Happy New Year to you, Owen. Uh, very interesting, the comments that have uh, come forth from folks listening. And, you know, it's an interesting aspect of recovery, the importance of sharing the experience, also sharing that path toward recovery. That is important for somebody who's going through that, isn't it? A hundred percent, Bob. You know, this guy has one of the most incredible stories that you'll ever hear. And he's out there fighting the addiction and being in recovery and helping other people and doing some wonderful work today. I love that guy. Arnie Wexler is talking with us on our program on the fan this Sunday morning, long at 730. It's the NFL preview. Rick Wolfs has the Sports Edge program after our 8 o'clock update, and it's that Football Sunday program that has really rocketed things here on Sunday mornings. Mark and Dave along with uh, that program at um, 9 o'clock after our 9 o'clock update this Sunday morning. Should be a very interesting take on the NFL this week. Arnie Wexler, his wife Sheila, Steve Jacobson uh, put together the book Gambling Addiction and How to Recover from It, All Bets Are Off. We're going to talk more with Arnie. We're talking about this topic of compulsive gambling. We'll try to work in thoughts from some of the folks who are on the phone. We've got uh, phone lines pretty jammed here um, as well before we wrap up our program this Sunday morning. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Solter. After our 8 o'clock update, Rick Wolf is along with the Sports Edge program. He may have just driven off the road hearing me say that. After our eight o'clock update, after our 9 o'clock update, it's uh, the Football Sunday program that happens here on the fan. And after uh, 7.30 this morning, it's the NFL preview. We are in discussion with Arnie Wexler on our program this morning, talking about this topic of compulsive gambling. Back to the phones we go. Lines are jammed at 877-337-6666. So we're in the lightning round here. First up, Bob from Little Ferry. Bob, good morning. Welcome to the fan. Good morning, good morning, and happy new year to both you gentlemen. Happy new year. Thanks, Bob. Arnie, I have to apologize to you. I've called you at least three or four or five times during the years on the Bob show here. 
And the one thing I always was frustrated about, I don't believe that I'm a compulsive gambler at all. However, uh, I have a great interest in it because I've hung around people like that all my life. And I always was frustrated because I would call you up and say, Arnie, I understand what you do for people with addiction, but what are you doing to prevent people from gambling? And in essence, that's not what you do. You get to people after they have the problem. As far as what the government does to discourage people from gambling irresponsibly, you don't hear a word of that. All they're doing, like you said, is trying to, to get money and they don't care. And so you, you get them at the when they're in trouble. Now, my question to you is this, and I'm curious about this because I know your problems and I know your whole story. You've said it many times. What happens to these poor, unfortunate people when they find themselves in this tremendous hole of gambling? They continue to gamble because if they're in the hole, let's say $100,000, they they don't know where to turn, so they feel the only chance they have is Maybe they'll get lucky and they'll be able to recover. And they go in the hole more and more. When they come to you and seek help and they tell you, Arnie, I owe $250,000 out. I don't want to commit suicide, but what do I do? How do you help people that come to you that have these financial burdens and they don't know what to do? Well, the first thing, Bob, is they got to stop gambling. That's number one, because gambling is not going to solve that problem. That's for sure. And if they have a big win, they're going to lose it back anyways because they can't control their gambling habit. But if they go to a 12-step program like Gamblers Anonymous, they will do a budget for them and help them get out of debt. I could tell you that I owed three years annual salary in 1968 when I stopped gambling. I worked three jobs for four years. I paid everything else off, and I got even. And that's how you get even. You don't get even by gambling. When you owe money to the wrong people. It's not uh, a problem. There's ways to get around that? that Yeah, you know, I owed $5,000 to a Sherlock, and Mm -hmm. he took $25 a week as payments for the next uh, four years. Wow, so there is a a plan to get them out of those situations. Absolutely. The the plan is not to keep gambling, that's for sure. Thanks mm-hmm. for your call, Bob. All righty, sure. Okay, Thank Bob, you. take care. Have a happy new year. And happy new year to you. Same to you. Same to you. Let's go on the phone next to Freddie, who's been holding forever on Long Island. Freddie, thanks for holding. Welcome to the fan. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I appreciate everything that Arnie's done. Anybody that wants to help, any kind of addiction problem certainly deserves a lot of credit. Mine is, though, a little bit sad. Uh, I'm 64. Uh, I'd say that I was truly addicted to different substances for, uh, I'd say, half my life and fighting it for the other half of my life and not being 100% successful. But there is only one comment I really want to make. Out of all the addictions I had, which were substances, alcohol, um, but not gambling, I like sports, I follow it, I like to root for certain teams, I'll, you know, I'll bet, not bet the spread, I'll play the spread, you know, on ESPN for fun, on the computer, but, so there must be something different about gambling as far as addiction is concerned. So I would agree what Arnie is saying. And then, well, the, the real difference is you don't put nothing in your body, it's all mental, it's all in your head. 
that you don't have to put any, you could drive by a casino and all of a sudden get juiced up or drive by a racetrack or hear on the radio that a lottery is $40 million and gamblers get juiced up from that. It's all in the brain. I do understand that. Uh, uh, Any substance abuse is in the brain, too. Maybe not as much because there is a... Well, but you've got to put something in your body. In gambling, you don't put nothing in your body. Okay. Maybe maybe that's the... uh, Maybe that is the big difference. But anyway, I'm enjoying listening. And my idea for today is to say sober. Thank you. Good for you. Thank Happy you. New Year. Thank and, you very much for your and, call, your patience on the phone as well, uh, Freddie. And I'm sorry that we can't get to any more phone calls um, for uh, Arnie here because we're kind of up against the clock. Um, I'm just going to mention Bob, again. Here, here's the real killer. Every time this goes on, this happens. I remember when Joel Hollander asked me to get on with Iron Eagle one night when Iron was doing the overnight, and it was a half-hour show from 12 to 12.30, and I stood on the, the phone with Iron until 6 o'clock in the morning. And that's what seems like happening now. All these people are looking for help. They can reach me by getting to A S. A for Arnold, S for Sheila Wexler, W-E-X-L-E-R, at AOL.com. I'll be happy to help anybody that's looking for help. Okay, so that's A-S Wexler, W-E-X-L-E-R, at AOL.com. I want to thank you very much for joining us uh, on our program this morning. Certainly good luck with the book Gambling Addiction and how to recover from it. All bets are off. Happy New Year to you there, Arnie. And you too, Bob. You're wonderful. I love you. Thanks. Thank you very much. Bye. Coming up after our 8 o'clock update, it is Rick Wolf with the Sports Edge program. Along after our 9 o'clock update. Well, let me just say this. These gentlemen are the reason why I actually downloaded the Radio.com app. Yep, it's the Football Sunday program. You'll find out why if you listen. And here we are at that favorite point of ours in the week. I say Happy New Year and stand by for Radio Greatness. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.